So we're going to play a game during our podcast today, and our listeners at home can play as well. Well, hi, Ocherio, here we go. Here we go, because I've been home all day with one of my sons who's been sick, and he hasn't thrown up since like 1030 this morning, but I just know it's going to happen tonight now that he's in bed. And so we're just saying it over under how many times we think he's going to come out just during our recording. Ooh, two and a half. <laughs> yes, at halftime. That's going to be a tricky time. He's going to open the door and then he's going to be like, nah, and he's going to close. Okay. I'm going to say at least once. Well, that's... I know, but I mean, we're not going to talk that long now that I think about it. You don't, you don't know that. This could be our longest show. Okay. I'll say three. Okay. Two and a half and three. Listeners, it's-, it's your answer locked in. You can tweet it at us. <laughs> At BG World Fever on Twitter. We'll reveal on next week's exciting episode of Boy Meets World Fever. Just how many times it happened. Mm-hmm. So Chance, our um, setup this week is a little bit different. It's true. We're not in the same room and it's weird. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like I'm talking much quieter, partially because everyone in my house is asleep or is supposed to be going to sleep. And uh, you're not right next to me, which I feel like pumps me up a little bit. Oh, um, it makes me a little sad. Um, but I am in a closet um, about 30-ish minutes drive north of you. Mm-hmm. In a closet, your your girlfriend's closet from the looks I am. You don't I am have in a lot my of, girlfriend's closet. You don't have a lot of uh, dresses and things. I don't remember the last time I hung up close. Um, I'm a strictly out of the hamper kind of guy. Do you even have a closet? No, I do not. I didn't think so. I have a clothes rack of sorts. And we continue to add to the mystery of Chance Anderson. <laughs> But yes, I am in a closet. There are um, wonderful shoes. Oh, those are nice. Yeah, I wonderful shoes. For those some sort of booty or something. It's true, like a ankle boot. Yeah, that sounds right. There's a soft dress right here. Uh-huh. That does look nice. Um, I am very finagled in here. Um, most of my girlfriend's um, house is hardwood to floors, and I was worried about echo. Mm-hmm. Um, just Not because it's all about echo big spaces and hardwood floors um and then there's a room it's carpeted with a desk but it's right next to her sleeping four-year-old mm-hmm. that makes um, and then i was like well i'll just go in her room and like record like on her bed and i was like wait there would be no echo if i did it in the closet so, so here i am in a closet in a closet not not with my dear friend cameron um no. i did not procure him a beverage this week no i had one for us but we're not i've already drank quite a bit of it but i doubt it'll be around next time we get together i'm just saying you still owe me a beverage i'm just saying i do i took all your tea and drank it um drank it up you you drank it all up Mm -hmm. um but we did not want since i'm around my girlfriend's four-year-old a lot we did not want cameron to give me a bug and me to give him a Mm -hmm. chance probably would have been fine but Mm -hmm. the little ones you know Mm-hmm. So we are we are recording apart from each other. I uh, actually moved my microphone to my girlfriend's house uh, about a week ago, just in case this ever happened. In preparation, how perfect! Just how fortuitous. Davidson, unless someone real wants to sponsor us. This is Boy Meets World Fever, and I am one of your hosts, Cameron. And I'm your other host in the closet, Chance. Hey, Chance. I am in a closet, not in the closet. Yeah, just a. 
Yeah, I am not uh, against anyone who needs to come out of the closet, but I will be coming out of this club. Mm-hmm. Just a literal one. Yeah. Not a figurative in any way. Um, but yeah, so we got a we got kind of a, a fun, kind of sad, kind of oh, what could have been episode that we're doing for you guys here today. Yeah, we're going to spend some time today pouring a little bit out for our for our friend, fallen mm-hmm. comrade. Taken too soon. Mm-hmm. Gone too soon. It's funny, I posted today, you know, I posted on Instagram that we were doing this to ask people like their thoughts. And I know you did on Twitter, but I'm part of this Facebook group that's about Boy Meets World. And I asked it on there too. I was like, hey, we're doing this because he's leaving the show because he left the show. And like, that's where we are. And like the first five comments were like, he didn't die. I'm like, I never, I never said that he died. Mm-hmm. And they're like, and he didn't die in real life either. I'm like, I know. I, again, I never said that Anthony Tyler Quinn was dead. I said he left the show and we're going to say farewell. <laughs> I, I don't think they got it. That it's a, uh-huh. it's so a I went back and edited my, my initial comments and edit. I know he's alive. I know the character didn't die either, but he's off the show. I mean, did the character die? This is a, this is a real question. I guess we'll get into it. I'm sure, I'm sure you have some thoughts. I'm just, I'm just saying some things don't make sense. Time travel is a funny thing. You know, there could be, there could be time travel involved. I don't know. There could be lots of things. There's things that don't make sense if Jonathan Turner is still alive. (laughs) Yes. So as you might've guessed, just from listening here and because we literally said it, but we are going to be talking all things Turner this evening. Just in his honor slash memory um, as cult fiction marked his final episode on the series of Boy Meets World. And so we want to just take some time to remember who he was and what he could have been. Um, just, a, I think, a real core central part of the series. Yeah. So I kind of surprised Cameron with this being the topic. I mean, he's known for a few weeks now, so it's not like... Not like today, right now, you yeah. told me. But so it was kind of on me to come up with what this what this episode is kind of kind of be. So I'm going to give you guys like my thesis statement. Ooh, I love a good thesis statement. <laughs> and we should say up front, this will probably be a shorter episode than. Yeah. I mean, more. we have no idea. We've never done one like this, but we would assume. I, I mean, have a feeling it's not, you know, it's not going to be like a three hour long uh, RPG game. I we may don't. spend an entire hour just singing. See you again. Mm-hmm. I, I planned on that actually. <laughs> okay. I rewrote it. Um, so we want to do an overview of Turner's time on the show, season by season. That's going to be the first thing. Um, so I'll probably even pull up an episode list for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I've I've entitled them these three things. So season two is the original intention for Turner. Um, I have some thoughts about what the original intention for Turner was. Um, Cameron might have some thoughts. Um, then we're going to hit season three and talk about him really settling in as a secondary character. Um, and where I, at least I feel like the show wanted him to kind of sit for a while and then it just took a wild left turn. Um, and then we're going to talk about the fall of the Turner character, which is season three. Season four. Season four. Yeah. Two, three. I was, reading, I was reading several articles about just like kind of what happened and they kept making that mistake too of saying on the third season is when everything happened but where he left. I'm like, that's not true. He wasn't yeah. in the first season. It's where he left like the credits, I think. Maybe so. But he didn't, he was not, he did not leave the show. Contrary to my memory, I only really remember him in cult fiction this season. He, uh-huh. He's in surprised. a few episodes. Yeah. Um, Never in yes. any major role, but he's around. So I think we'll do that quick overview. I don't think it'll take too terribly long. 
Um, then we'll talk about theories and thoughts. And I'd love to hear some of the information that you pulled up on why he left um, from some of those articles you read. Um, then we'll read thoughts that you guys sent us about Turner um, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And yes. um, most of them say he didn't die. Well, not on not on Instagram and Twitter. No, at least last time I checked. They understood the assignment. Yeah, they understood the assignment. Also did eventually. <laughs> so um, we'll read those, and that'll be the episode. Sounds good. So I'm sure with the uh, tangent here and there. Oh, there will be tangents. There will be tangents. Um, so yeah, I guess we can just get it kicked off unless there's something you want to talk about. A movie, um, um, a music no. group, a TikTok trend. <laughs> no, literally none of those things. A, uh, a band you want to ban forever from ever coming on the show? Um, not at the moment, but I feel like I don't listen to a lot of music these days. I don't know what's cool um, and hip and happening and who, who sucks. So we're, we're just kind of jumping right in and not going off on a tangent. And I feel a little awkward, but I guess we can do it. Okay. Well, I mean... <laughs> Uh, this weekend, it was parent-teacher conferences, and so I had half day off yesterday. So restarted my Animal Crossing Island and watched uh, Fellowship of the Ring Extended Edition. Whoa. And it was great. Started the two towers today. I had all of yesterday off because I'm not a teacher, luckily. Um, spent it with my girlfriend, and we ended the day watching Wrinkle in Time. Oh, I hear that one wasn't that great. It- was interesting i feel like some people must have really cared about it and other people really didn't care about it like the people making it yeah i feel like there was a cinematographer who was like really into it Mm -hmm. and i feel like the writers weren't that is a problem yeah i mean it is a very interesting story Mm -hmm. but i've never like loved it i've never read the book so Mm -hmm. i read it a couple times and i think every time it's just kind of like okay i've never been like this is the best thing i've ever read um but you know that's okay well okay good tangent good tangent but animal crossing is the best thing maybe best thing's a strong word but really fun um i need to get more time with metroid dread oh yeah someday i'll get there i probably shouldn't be playing animal crossing i should be doing grad school stuff but here i am there you are and look at you yeah procrastination (laughs) not great procrastination all right jumping into season two Let's go for it. Turn is right there. Episode the, one. Yeah, we, we don't have to go episode by episode, please. Um, but he's there. He is. He's there right off the bat. He he's there in episode one. Back to school, um, and it's quite the introduction for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corey comes to school wanting to impress the school bully. I'm pulling up a episode list. Nice. You're wondering what I'm doing. Um, thinking it's the new bully, and right off the bat comes in um, this guy with a curly mullet and a leather jacket and a motorcycle helmet. He was like, that has to be Harley. That's Mm -hmm. obviously the baddest dude in the school. How true that is. Mm -hmm. And he delivers maybe his most iconic line. Name's Turner. You can call me Mr. (laughs) Just so good. He is. He's fantastic in this first episode. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I feel like they just do everything they can just to make him really likable. Mm-hmm. from the very beginning um and he's just like such a good addition to kind of what the formula that they have going on um because i feel like i mean tv shows are all about tropes mm-hmm. um, it's like if you have a cop show you have the loose cannon who like doesn't play by the rules and that's like interesting or if you have like a medical show you have the doc like the new dewy-eyed resident who wants to make all the difference in the world and like keeps butting heads with everybody else or whatever 
Um, but in like a school, you have that like cool teacher who connects with the students on like a personal level, really wanting to make a difference. And like, that's Turner. I mean, Feeney is kind of held up as like the ultimate, I think by fans, like over the course of the whole series, but especially at this point, like he wasn't on the same level as Jonathan Turner was in terms of his like connection with the students. Right. And maybe it's just because we see Turner, even up to this point in the show that we're at, teach more but he comes Mm -hmm. off as a much better teacher um using x-men to relate to the students on their level Mm -hmm. um and actually teaching them something like i don't know if reading all of those books in seventh grade is necessarily the best way to go but but yeah (laughs) we do see him actually teach correctly Mm -hmm. um but yeah so we see him teaching we see him trying to relate to students and i think showing students that the odyssey isn't all that different from like the modern things they're into Mm -hmm. yeah that's a a cool thing yeah and it's a good way to go about like teaching um and unlike all other secondary characters with the exception of eric more in seasons three and four but also in season two um but more than any other secondary character we have turner immediately set up with a plot that's going to follow him through the whole season Mm -hmm. we we see Corey getting this plot of who am i going to be in high school and that follows him throughout the whole season. Uh-huh. If you remember right, we got really Oof. sick of it. Hate it. <laughs> but we also get Turner set up with a plot of new school teacher versus old school traditionalist mm-hmm. against Feeney. And I think this is really unique among secondary characters. Um, well, so much so that I wouldn't call him a secondary character in season two. Mm-hmm. He's um, definitely main character. Yeah. Like I would put him, I would put him above. Topanga and um the parents and maybe even Sean in season two as mm-hmm. like as like a secondary main character only to Corey. Yeah, I mean you definitely see that because he has so much like if Corey's learning lessons, like it always sets it up as like Turner's learning lessons too. Mm-hmm. Um though often I think that Turner's maybe more right than Corey ever is. Yes. <laughs> but uh yeah, but the show's really setting that up of like they're both kind of the boys here meeting the world yeah yeah it's almost set up as like turner is meeting adult world and Corey is meeting high school or kid world Mm -hmm. so we were instantly introduced to this dichotomy that i think is as much as i have problems with season two and i do um there are a lot more bad episodes in season two than i ever remember there being this turner prominence is not a problem i have no definitely not the Corey finding himself thing is certainly yes. more than enough, but not not the Turner part. No. Um, and, you know, this is one of Turner's more iconic episodes, the first one. Um, he comes out and he, he kind of shows Harley that he's there and Harley's like, what do you teach? He's like, oh, you know, English lit and kick, kickboxing. <laughs> you know, he's just ready. This, mm-hmm. this suburban high school, you never know what kind of characters you're going to meet there. Um, yeah, and it's also just interesting, though, looking at Turner, because something that I feel like Boy Meets World is often so lauded for is the way that it connects kind of what they're learning to what's going on in life. And that's like, that doesn't happen in Feeney's class. And when they're in sixth grade, that happens, that starts happening in Turner's English class in his four or five English classes a day that he teaches. <laughs> um <laughs> His his myriad of English classes. Yeah, that's that's where we see it. Like the Scarlet Letter and Much Ado About Nothing and um, Grapes of Wrath and all those things yeah. that they're reading. 
And like that's making, there's just those connecting threads to whatever's going on in their lives in any particular episode. Yeah. And that all come, none of it comes from Feeney. I don't think I, I can think of like risky business as the only time that really happened in mm-hmm. season one. And all of that comes from Turner, the whole, like, it's not teaching them about school. It's teaching them about their life. It starts in episode one with Turner where it's like the odyssey. And it's like, well, the odyssey of your life, it's a little more subtle than some, but yeah, it's like Corey is Odysseus mm-hmm. and he's running into his cast of characters. He is no one. He's nobody because mm-hmm. he's Odysseus. Oh goodness. Um John Adams High is the Cyclops. It all connects. See? It's not the the oh what's the ship's name? I'm just blanking on it. I've read the Odyssey a thousand times. I don't the know. I thought that was Jason. Yeah, it's Jason and the Argonaut. It's the ship of there's a whole like philosophy question. Ship of Theseus? Is that it? Uh-huh. I only know it because right. of WandaVision. Anyway. It comes up in WandaVision in the last episode hmm. about the ship of Theseus. You replace every board on a boat over time. Is it still the same boat at the end? That's the question. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch um, WandaVision, you'll see how that has anything to do with anything. Someday I'll watch WandaVision. I promise. It's fun. I do want to see Hawkeye. So maybe I'll catch up on all of them before that comes out. I still need to watch Loki and What If. I've seen a few episodes of What If. It's good. Someday. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I think we're both saying the same thing. That Turner mm. in this first season that he is in is basically a main character um a lot of the things that the show is lauded for were actually like his character doing them not feeny mm-hmm. and yeah because feeny is still at this point almost set up as a an antagonist to whatever mm-hmm. they're kind of they've kind of got going on i mean sometimes yeah, not not a bad guy but like they're wanting to do some hijinks and Feeney's the one standing in their way. So he's like the literal yeah. definition of an antagonist, not what you typically think of as like a villain. Yeah, yeah. I would say Feeney really does serve the role of antagonist to Corey and Sean mm-hmm. and rival to Turner. Yeah. Um, whereas, and that's another, that's another thing that's interesting about Turner in this season. Like, Nothing about his character, with the exception of being teacher to Corey, Sean, and Topanga, relates to a main character. Like, that's that's another reason why I think he's a main character, because his plots don't relate to Corey or Sean mm-hmm. in the early seasons. They're his plots, and Feeney and the boys sometimes relate to them. Yeah, it's so. just, it's so interesting. Because um, mm-hmm. yeah, then you even have, like, the setup of, like, maybe like an episode danger boy where it's like the whole show it's like turner is trying to do these things and feeney is kind of like correcting him or calling him out on it but even in danger boy you have that kind of flipped where Mm -hmm. feeney is feeling threatened like usually you don't see that from him you think of him as just kind of the person who knows and is kind of set in his ways and kind of knows the the business um and turner's kind of like fumbling along a little bit but then in that one you even see that kind of flipped where it's like turner is the confident cool one and feeney's kind of jealous of it yeah and that works because we've seen it for a whole season at that point Mm -hmm. or half a season oh still season two yeah well it's danger boys towards the end i feel like or at least it's towards the end i can't remember exactly where but it's in the teens yeah and and even in notorious um that that talk that turner gives uh quarry like you know when you're new to a school like you and i first impressions are really important and he's basically saying like hey you and i are are new to the school we're meeting it different mm-hmm. we're meeting so, the world yeah we're meeting the world um so i think i don't know if this was going on in the producer's mind i feel like it was but they were like okay people love the characters of season one 
They like the interactions, but they're not connecting with all of the the full house family stuff. Mm-hmm. So let's set it more in the school. And instead of the dad being the second main character who's always learning stuff, let's introduce a teacher and it'll be more of a high school drama. Yeah. And Turner. Sorry, everyone. Turner's way cooler than Alan. Turner's way cooler than Alan. Yeah. And it, and it, and it works really well. Um, uh, Anthony Tyler Quinn does a great job. Mm-hmm. of being Turner in this season. Um the the Feeney versus Turner thing gets a little old, but at least it's different every time. Yeah. The grapes of wrath name who am I? Who am I? Yeah. Yeah. The Cory one is not different every time. No. Literally um, the same every time. In at the end of this season, we also see the introduction of a best friend for Turner, a character who has no relation. That's not even anyone. that's in the start of the third season. Is it? Uh-huh. Eli doesn't show up till season three. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. But he's still a character who has no relation to anyone on the mm-hmm. show except Other than Turner. Turner. Yeah. He he gets his own supporting character, which I think is wild. Uh-huh. And who we needed a lot more of. Yes. Let's yeah, have, a, let's have an in memoriam of Eli episode next. Well, this, this could also be an in memoriam of Eli episode. Give him his due. Um yeah. We need to give we because the show doesn't give Eli his due. No. At least at least Turner kind of has a little bit of a farewell. Does he? No, not really. <laughs> She's not even able to move or speak for his final He season. squeezes his hand. <laughs> that's how you know he's not dead. And that's it. Gosh, we'll get to season three. Um, Four. Yeah. So in Home, we kind of see the Turner character make a pivot. Home mm-hmm. is the last uh, episode of season two. We see him make a pivot. And now where he I feel like he has been there for Sean a little bit but he's kind of he's been there for Sean and Corey but now he's taking Sean under his wing and I feel like this sets a good philosophy for the character as in the third season which I think shifts for the better or worse as Turner now as a secondary character Mm -hmm. like he settles into a role very akin to the parents or to Eric or to um Feeney in some ways where now he's just very established. This is my role. I am Sean's guardian. I am Sean's mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will assist Sean with his plots instead of having plots of his own. Yeah, which is a bummer. Like there's a one like there's one here and there, I feel like. And I mean, we do have the introduction of Eli, which mm-hmm. kind of brings its own fun um, with the character. But yeah, if anything, you yeah. kind of have things running simultaneously like yeah, yeah yeah exactly and i would say we we said this in the episode way back when but it really does feel like they're setting up kind of a mentor thing where sean is going to be mentored by um turner okay. going forward and Corey is going to be mentored by eli going forward um and they're both gonna have kind of a, a an eric feeney relationship mm-hmm with those characters um and obviously doesn't that doesn't go anywhere which is a real bummer yeah but we i don't hate turner as kind of a sean supporting character no i think he's still very strong in season three mm-hmm. yeah we said it was a bummer and it is but it's like a bummer you can live with yeah not like a major bummer yeah like season four yeah. <laughs> yes 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 um that's why that one's called the fall of the turner character <laughs> The fall of Turner. The yeah. fall of the house of Turner. Um, early on in season three, we still see Turner getting a lot of plots. Um, they mostly relate to Sean, but still plots. The Veronica mm-hmm. Watson episode. 
um, the introduction of Eli. Um, and then towards the end of that season, we kind of see Turner lose agency, I feel like. Uh-huh. Um, and then you get to things like, um, oh, what's the episode where his dad comes back? I never sang for my legal guardian. Yeah, I never sang for my legal guardian. Where it's there's this hasty, sudden problem in paradise and this permanent home Sean has is just like not okay anymore for some reason. Mm-hmm. Just kind of suddenly. Yeah. Which is like, it's a real bummer in retrospect. Cause we talked about in home, how like realistic it is that people will tell you that you're welcome forever and then kind of turn on you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Turner certainly didn't feel that way. No. And Turner's um, like, he was like committed Turner. to it. He's like, this is hard. And there was, uh-huh. there was conflict and there was struggle, but he's like, I'm committed to you. It's not, I'm looking for the next exit and the next chance to dump you off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then suddenly it became for Sean, I'm going to jump at the first chance. That yeah. I and, and Turner lets him, which is kind of a bummer too. And we're, we'll have to speculate on why we think this happened, but um, suddenly Sean's dad and mom are so much more important mm-hmm. than, they, than they really have been all season. They're kind of just the tragedy in Sean's life. And maybe maybe the point was always to bring them back and phase out Turner, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine it was. I'm just wondering if like the writers felt like there's a vein that we haven't tapped yet of like Sean's family, mm-hmm. um, particularly like we've met his dad, but we haven't really ever met his mom, at least in terms of the show. And so it's like, can we make that happen? And so they just kind of shuffle things around to where that's kind of opened up, but then even in the show itself that they don't do, but a couple episodes, like we see Verna like twice. And that's the bummer of this whole thing is like, it seems like we in some ways assassinate the Turner character for Verna, um, Chet, well, Chet and Verna. And then we do nothing with Chet and Verna. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Thanksgiving episode is the last time we see them. Yeah. And I know we'll see Chet again, but we'll never see Verna again. Right. Yeah, we'll see Chet again in, I think, three or four episodes. Um, but we never see him again after Thanksgiving this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the last time. So it's just, yeah, it's a it's a bummer. Um, we'll kind of get into it, I feel like, when we're done with sort of the overarching story of Turner. Of kind of, at least what people speculate kind of happened. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I don't feel like anybody on the that worked on the show, like Michael James was never like, here's what happened. And even Anthony Tyler Quinn um, never really like came out and said exactly what happened, but yeah. just kind of people speculating based on what he did say can kind of give some insight. Yeah. But it definitely does feel like that they're trading Turner for Sean's quote unquote family, mm-hmm. like his real family so that they can do some story there, but then nothing that they do is anywhere near the quality or interestingness of what it was with Turner. Right, right. And, and I have to feel personally that, again, it was a demographic thing, that they were getting to this point where they were getting to this point where we just really need to focus on the kids. But Turner's got all these plots of his own. Like, I think we need to take Sean away from him so we can focus more on the kids. Because mm-hmm. um, the kids were the ones getting famous off the show. Everyone loved Feeney and Turner, but at the time, especially, it was the kids who were appearing in the magazines, and it was the kids who were. Yeah. In the J-14, there wasn't like a J-26 for Mr. Turner to appear in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) J-26. That's funny. I guess that's just regular magazines. (laughs) Yes. That's, That's men's health. 
But they weren't necessarily focused on ABC TGIF uh, sitcoms. Yeah. For their covers and whatnot. Um, that's ha- that's got to be what I imagine happened. Um, it seems like all of these shifts happened because of some kind of demo or some kind of mid-season pivot. Mm-hmm. I, I do not remember in my casual watching the show, the show pivoting as much as it does. Yeah. Boy, does it like to like to change its direction. Yeah, for real. Um, and season four is marks another kind of big shift. Like, yeah, season I, three I, is like the Sean Turner season. Mm-hmm. Kind of, they're the they're the narrative arc of the season. Like season two was Corey finding himself, mm-hmm. and then next to that was you know, Turner and Feeney kind of squaring off. Season three, Turner and Feeney are like good. It's more collegial. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the word for like a colleague. Um, but then it's like Sean and Turner are kind of the focus, and then Corey and Topanga, of course. Sort yeah. of. Yeah, we we kind of do we shift. We we shift to those relationships at least as like the overarching plot. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, that again just kind of gets pushed aside, and it focuses more on the kids themselves. Once we get to season four, mm-hmm. yeah. Turner becomes like an afterthought. Yeah, and pretty much everyone becomes an afterthought, um, except for Eric. Yeah, uh, and I feel like his is the other overarching plot of season four mm-hmm. um and his main supporting cast is feeny so who gets yeah. the the short end of this stick is turner who's in four episodes maybe yeah and only in this one or not this i say this one like i'm talking about a specific one cult fiction mm-hmm. is the only one where he has any like narrative influence like yeah. in the others he's kind of there like they're in his class for 16 candles and 400 pound men reading poetry um and they are when the lunch lady dies and he's at the funeral, it's like, he's there almost. as just like, Hey, don't forget that he's here. Um, but never drives any of the story. Yeah. And, and I think the show is worse off for it. Like, I'm not saying that I think season three is so much better than season four. I actually think season four has probably been the strongest season so far. Yeah, I feel like pound for pound season four has had better episodes over, overall right. than any of the other seasons. But every time an episode of season four isn't focusing on the four the, the main cast, I don't care as much. Mm-hmm. Whereas I feel like Turner was such a strong presence in the the previous two seasons that if it wasn't focusing on the main problem, like the main people, it was yeah. still enjoyable. Yeah, um, like whatever they had going on with the writing team and how they were dividing it up, it just like worked really well. Yeah, and I just I think we're I think we're worse off for the shift. Miss you, Turner. Yeah, I do. I do miss Mr. Turner. Um, and and there's really nothing to say about him in season four. Like they they pop in in the second to last episode, the penultimate episode, with this whole um, oh remember Turner's important to Sean thing. Even mm-hmm. though have they even spoken yeah. this season? But they 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 pop in with this whole plot, and he's hard on her, and then. The last we see is him unable to communicate in a hospital bed. Yeah. And then never again for the entire show. He's mentioned once. He will be mentioned once, but importantly, not by a character who has ever seen screen time with him or Sean or Corey. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Turner. Yeah. Um, That's a whole thing. We'll get there. Oh, we'll get there. Um, And I just, I can't. I know this has been a negative part because we've been pretty positive, but like, I can't understand that. Like, I mean, maybe pound for pound, the show is better. So maybe it's the right call in the end, but he's just such a strong character to just toss away. Mm, yeah. And like, 
unceremoniously. Mm-hmm. Like they did, they did him dirty. But if there's anything we've learned from watching this show more closely is they like to do those uh, actually really good characters dirty pretty often. So <laughs> Topanga and Turner. <laughs> Two of the best ones. They're just going to give him the short end of the stick over and over again. Yeah. So we get this evolution from Turner being kind of the secondary main character to really fitting in as like a member of the cast, but not a main character to basically a non-presence that they try to use for nostalgia one time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just a, it's a bummer decline. That's all I'll say about it. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I was, I was reading about it. I was looking it up today because I knew that we were coming to this and I think it was in 2013. So this was before girl meets world mm-hmm. um, in his return because he does show up for a few episodes of girl meets world Um, which we have not decided if that is canon yet so it is not canon as far as all of you should be concerned i'm just just kidding we don't have that power but we should we can decide we (laughs) hold all the cards um but yeah um anthony tyler quinn was doing like kind of an ask an ama on twitter and people were asking him and they were like what happened like with um boy meets world like where did you go um he's like "That, that might be a lot to say and like you know 95 characters or whatever um but just basically said like it was just kind of an agreement of everyone it it wasn't like he left on bad terms or anything at the time he had gotten a main role in another show that ended Mm -hmm. up being pretty short-lived and so i mean in terms of just like contract type stuff it's like he had another job (laughs) like and so that became kind of where he went he's like i can sit on the back burner here or i can go be like main cast on this other show i don't even remember what it was called it didn't last very long Um, i wonder if he his role was shrinking on boy meets world so he went to another show to be main character or if um his or if he got the role and then his role shrank yeah i'm not sure uh let me see i have the article right here um he just—he basically—he just said sometimes they make changes, and that's just kind of stuff happens. Um, it was called Ask Harriet. It was a Fox comedy that I mean, again, never even heard of it. No, um, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't uh, strike it big time. Um, but there's just like that piece to kind of consider in terms of what were they thinking. The other things that the article kind of talks about um, is just like perhaps kind of like we said, the writing team is like really focusing on the kids mm-hmm. and like season five, as we're getting into it, like big time is a lot of uh, like relationship drama. We get the addition of like Angela um, and Jack. Mm-hmm. So it's just like too much to manage there. Um, and also like at that point, they're going to be seniors getting ready to leave high school. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, we could just remove him now in a sense. I don't necessarily agree with it. I would have liked to see them interact senior year um see him pop up and uh and then there was sean but yeah and i think this is a testament like because he will be almost entirely replaced by jack and angela as like sean's supporting cast mm-hmm. um but i think it's a testament to season three that like the show is at its best when sean has a supporting cast and Corey has a supporting cast yeah um which you know angela and jack and yeah it's like they both have Corey and Sean both have their brothers and they both have their girlfriends mm-hmm. and like their girlfriends have a relationship and their brothers have a relationship. And so it's, it's like this just parallel lines kind of running yeah. together. Um, it's like, they just try to tighten it up, I guess. 
in that way. But then, you know, it becomes so much more like teen drama, not like a Degrassi high level of teen drama, but um, still consider compared to what it was like a whole lot more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but both of those things make sense to me. Um, Sean relating to his peers probably tests a lot better with um, older teen demographics Mm -hmm. than how Sean relates to another adult. Yeah. It's just a bummer because Sean doesn't have a lot of adults. No, so like I, showing mean, a, a healthy never relationship. Really have one again. Like just showing, I feel like showing kids like what a safe person can look like. Yeah. I feel like is really valuable. Um, well, and the that. value of found family, mm-hmm. like going right along with that of like, hey, let's idealize the found family, like yeah. show what show a success of that. It's like in season yeah. three, they make a big deal, you know, Feeny being like, you don't need to be blood to be family. And like mm-hmm. Sean kind of has this realization. And then the second his dad comes back, he's like, well, Feeny said that, but peace, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much every uh, unlearns everything that he learned in Pink Flamingo Kid. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> Classic. Philly shenanigans all around. Um, but yeah, so um, we, we threw out a fun little theory last week and I want to revisit it. It's very good. Um, we here at Boy Meets World Fever want to make everything make sense. Um, so here's my theory. I've been I've been kind of refining it. Um, Mr. Turner is Corey Matthew. Gasp. I I know I know. So here's my theory from beginning to end. Corey Matthews goes through most of high school very lonely because he doesn't have a best friend because his best friend's father moved away and Corey's family kicked him out and he fell in with a bad crowd and really lost his way. Um, Cut to an older Corey who is visited by a time-displaced Stuart Minkus. (laughs) Which is canon. (laughs) Um, Which is canon. Um, Minkus has seen a world in which Sean doesn't go that way, and he can have Corey help him. Corey decides he he remembers what Sean was like back then. He's going to become the coolest version of himself and come back in time and relate to Sean Hunter for a whole year until he trusts him. And then when his parents leave, he's going to take him under his wing. Just amazing. (laughs) Um, So Stuart Minkus brings Corey back to the past and he assumes the identity of a deceased rich frat boy uh, from Connecticut, Jonathan Turner. Uh, He never sees Jonathan's family ever again, acting like he has disowned them because he wanted to follow his own path when really... He is just not the Turner that they would know. Mm-hmm. But what about Melanie then? Melanie was young. All boys look alike. <laughs> sure. See, <laughs> when I was thinking about your theory before, what I thought was everything that he said about coming from money was actually true. And the Matthews somehow just strike it rich Ooh. and do become Connecticut money um, in this alternate timeline. In like, this alternate for whatever future. For whatever reason. Um and just are very successful. But then he leaves. There is no Topanga in this timeline either mm-hmm. for some reason. Well, yeah, because well, Sean never gave him the confidence to go do it. Yeah. And so, but then he does like get and have a relationship with Melanie, um, mm. this other woman. And, but then she finds out that he's time traveled and she decides to time travel as well and come back. Ooh, I like it. Um, I like it. But yes, and he's like, she's coming to take me back um, or something. But she's like, no. Like I thought what you did was really cool. And I decided to come back and live as a different person as well. 
And there you I go. love it. I love it. That, that, that is a better part, a better version of my theory. So we'll go with it. Um, he takes, <laughs> he takes Sean under his wing. Um, he, for an entire year, raises him. And then when his dad comes back, he's like, okay, it's good. I got Sean through the dark time. He won't go away well. And he gives Sean back, but he still watches from afar. He still watches just to make sure everything's going good. Mm-hmm. But he had to throw off the scent. Mm-hmm. And so he uses some technology created by Minkus Industries, um, Time Force Industries, and creates a simulacrum of himself that gets in a motorcycle accident. Um, mm-hmm. And it appears to be injured and be gone, but he's still watching from the shadows just to make sure that his friend is okay. Yes, I think I, I, I think this is clearly in the intention. Mm-hmm. When he's sure that Sean's going to be okay, and he knows Sean needs one more push, mm-hmm. he gets in the motorcycle accident and then vanishes. And because it's time travel shenanigans and it's hard to remember time travel stuff, Turner's still in his memory, in everyone's memory, but he's not there as strongly. Uh-huh. And, I mean, it makes sense, too, that he would have to do that because if I understand time travel correctly... And I think I do. By coming back in time and changing the course of events, the original timeline in which Sean died doesn't exist anymore or it exists as an alternate dimension. And so he doesn't want to return to that time um, because either he can't or he set off a course of events that ultimately leads to something far worse happening. But he stays watching to take care of Sean from a distance if need be. Yeah, 100%. He he stays, but no one remembers him super well. And that's the way he likes. Mm-hmm. Hey, kid, move. He's like, ah, my old name. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thus, Mr. Tur- the saga of Mr. Turner, a.k.a. Corey Matthew, is completed. Yes. The two yeah. curly-haired boys that changed Sean's <laughs> life. <laughs> Amazing. I think I, this is the most canon thing that there's ever been. Yeah, of all the things. Forget your Irenes, forget your Judge Lambs. This is it. Yeah, Turner is a time-traveling Corey Matt. Mm-hmm. I mean... I haven't thought about it too much. I don't know if this is the time to put forth my Girl Meets World theory. No, I don't know if it is. Okay, okay. I don't know how, I don't know how it would explain Turner. Um, I, I'm far too, at this point, my thoughts about the show have changed more than I ever thought they could be. So all of my old Girl Meets World theories are kind of out the window. Mm-hmm. I still feel like mine works. Maybe. We'll get mine there. makes sense. But I'd have to watch it again. And I just don't really want to do that. Yeah. Not for a while, at least. At least at this point. So come back in a couple of years when we do our retrospective of Girl Meets World and hear my, my Black Book theory. Yes. I also have a Black Book theory, though a lot of it has gone out the window, but maybe not. Um, but yeah. So, oh, by the way, um, Riley Matthews is in Wrinkle in Time. Oh, interesting. She's the, she's the girl bully. Oh, of course. I guess she didn't learn enough on that episode where she was bullied on Girl Meets World. It's true. Um, Anywho, so that is our theory. Um, I I was giving this a lot of thought earlier, and I just want to throw it out there. This is what I kind of wish happened with Turner. Um, What we just said? Well, I mean, what we just said did happen. Oh, this is 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 a wish list. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of what I wish would have happened. Um, I kind of wish... That he would have been the speaker, like, not the speaker, he would have been doing the um, announcing at graduation, mm-hmm. and that Feeney had would be, have been handing out um, diplomas, and he was the one who would call Sean up to talk. Um, I wish Eli would have stuck around, and we had gotten a whole, we had gotten the whole, like, dual mentorship thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still kind of that same 
um, thing we talked about in season five where like Sean has a brother and a girlfriend and Corey has a brother and a girlfriend, but it more would have been like Sean has a mentor and Corey has a mentor. Yeah. Um, and Sean would have stayed living with Turner, um, maybe had to deal with his family coming back, but being really flaky again and not knowing if he could trust them. Mm -hmm. And then, um, him ending up staying with Turner and Turner really like after a year with Turner, like Sean gets a a lot more into literature and poetry. Um, and it kind of is mentored in that area. Um, becomes a real Jess from Gilmore girls kind of. Well, actually, a real Sean from from Boy Meets World, season <laughs> five and six of, but for a reason, yeah, for a reason. Um, and it w- it would have just been this beautiful story of like mentorship and becoming the people you admire, not the people you want. You're like destined to be like, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that we had left um, Turner and Eli in season five when we moved on to season six mm-hmm. um, with Corey pursuing film and uh sean pursuing english yeah if only instead they go to college and pursue question mark yeah pursue nothing (laughs) apparently history and journalism degrees Uh, a a degree (laughs) yeah um i just think that would have been a so much more tight and beautiful of a story um the the contrasting the kid with a family who is getting mentored and the kid whose family is his mentor the kid who's bad with girls and the kid who has the girlfriend forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it would have been a better story. Well, there's, we, we still are almost done with season four and we can um, do our reboot of season four and we Ooh. can make it happen. I feel like it's been so long since our reboot of season three. And I, I know it hasn't been, but it feels like it has been. I'm going to have to re-listen to it. Yeah. It was, it was a long time ago and I do not remember what happened. Um, 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 Donald Glover is Eli. Yes, that's all I remember. Gosh, that's a great choice. <laughs> You're really smart. We're the two smartest people that are on this podcast every week. <laughs> yes. We have far smarter smart people, people that come as guests once in a while, but week <laughs> over week, we're the two smartest ones. Yep. Yep. I think that's fair to say. <laughs> well, I think that's all I have to say about Turner. How about you? Yes. I did have some things that people said, though. Yeah, me too. So... Let me hop over. I'll go Facebook first. Facebook, then Twitter, and we'll finish off with Instagram. We've only got two from Twitter. Yeah, we only have two from Instagram, too. Cool. There was a few more when I checked. Oh, maybe so. Most of them were ones that said, promote your podcast on this thing. Pay us money and promote it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get past all the ones that say, yeah, he didn't die. I know. <laughs> and then saying, oh, you shocked me. I thought he was about to die or had died in real life. Um Someone said their favorite is when Mr. Turner wants to date Dana's mom. Um, and then they also said they wish they showed more episodes of him and Eli because they were the best together, which I think we heartily agree um, oh, yeah. that we love them. Um, I don't really understand how dating Eli's mo- or uh, Dana's mom can be your favorite, but cool. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you do you. You do you, you know, whatever. Um, someone on here is also talking about just the scene in the fake Harley episode where Turner's like having that heart, like moment with Sean of yeah. just like, I think you're better than you're being and you're not just trailer trash. Like I know there's good person inside of you that mm-hmm. I see and I need to make you see it and don't ever go near this Harley or that Harley or the real Harley. <laughs> 
Definitely don't go near that, Harley, because we I don't know who that is. Um, no, we do know, right? She went for the face. Is that what we she said? TK went for yeah. the face. Um, yeah. So that was I feel like that was the only one on Facebook. Everyone else is just saying, I thought he was he I thought he died for a second. Um, or that he didn't die in the show. Not a rich vein. He dies in the show. I mean, for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. He's as dead as a donut in the rest of the series. All right. In Twitter. We have Mandy Dow. Yeah, long friend Twitter. of the show. Long time friend mm-hmm. of the show. Long time friend who says he was the best. He seemed to be the best friend ever. Eli and Sean were lucky. Was he also a bit of a bad boy with a jacket and boots? Yeah. Um, he also had an incredible smile. And I will not forget. We will also not forget mm-hmm. because he was the best. I think we we agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Um. He was a great friend most of the time. Eli was not the best friend to him on New Year's Eve, but... No, but that was also funny. It was very funny. Sometimes then, that's how you be a good friend is you drag your friend. Yep, exactly. We know this. We know this to be true. Because we drag each other. Um, and then Philip Boone, also a longtime listener, go listen to his uh, Sports Flicks podcast. Um, but Philip Boone said the second he cut the mullet, his days were numbered. All of the power resided in that glorious hair. The twinkle in his eye left (laughs) with the chop, chop, chop of those scissors. We will forever miss you, Jonathan Turner, until we see you again in Girl Meets World. Uh, And then he wrote, I will now be listening to Sarah McLaughlin all day with tears in my eyes. (laughs) Yes. And this one is from Jenny Papelli on Instagram. She said, I just started rewatching some of my favorite episodes today. Mr. Turner has always been one of my favorites, and it makes me even more sad that he didn't attend Sean and Corey's graduation or that his and Sean's bond kind of vanished after season four. They didn't even mention him in later seasons. And then she goes on to say, one of my favorite scenes is when he offered Sean to live with him or when Sean wanted to leave school and go to Europe. And the two of them had a really beautiful father-son moment. Yes. I agree. And that episode is also clearly another Turner was meant to be a main character, but ends up not being a main character. Mm-hmm. He was clearly supposed to have something with that. Yes. With that uh, guidance counselor. And then someone else just said, um, I just love Turner for being so good to Sean. Almost everything about that made me really happy, which is true. Like, I feel like that's just a, an important relationship in the show right up there with like any of the romantic relationships. It's just the Sean Turner relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's super important, especially for seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's, and- it's just, it's important to show not just romantic relationships and not mm-hmm. even just like peer friendships, but like mentor, mentee, um, like adults and kids kind of relationships of like caring for each other mm-hmm. is really important. Agreed. Agreed. Was that the last one? That was the last one. All okay. the Facebook ones were telling me that he didn't die. <laughs> yeah. For all intents and purposes. For Boy Meets World Fever, he did die. He's dead. He is dead and gone. Dead. Um, well, so that's our episode. That's our In Memoriam of Turner. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we'll tell you all about it when we see you again. Uh-huh. Been a long day without you, my friend. And I, that's my best Charlie Puth. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Um, one of the stupidest send-off songs of all time by the way uh-huh. have you 
Those were Paul Walker, right? In Fast and the Furious. Yes, it was for Paul Walker in Fast and the Furious. Um, but Ludacris hey, is like a cast member of the... Yeah, but they choose Wiz Khalifa. Uh-huh. And Wiz Khalifa raps about nothing. Like, really, look at the lyrics of that. It makes no sense. Paul Walker's is about, like, sadness and seeing someone gone. And Wiz Khalifa raps about, like, cars and planes. And it's stupid. Hey, they drive cars into planes and vice versa or something. I mean, it's true. They do. I've seen literally two of those movies. Oh, you're missing out. They're great. Oh, I know. Someday. But, um, but yeah, so, dumb song. Mm-hmm. But appropriate for now, because it's um, dumb what yeah. they did to Turner. We could also sing, in the arms of the angels. Except that's all the words to that song that I remember. Except the end where you find, like, some, find some comfort there, or something like that. Yeah. We send Jonathan Turner for the rest of Boy Meets World Fever into the arms of the angels. Mm-hmm. High-fiving a million angels. Yeah, he's he's going to that big biker rally in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't eat the pie. <laughs> if someone survives a tragic return. accident, but you never see them again, didn't they basically die in that accident? More or less. So. I feel like Cold Fiction's trying to make us hopeful by showing him like respond to Sean. Mm-hmm. But it's like... no. As you're dying, your hand could contract and seize up as the last electrical charges send jolt through your body, and mm-hmm. you're, then you're gone. We know that it's just Corey Matthews um, becoming a less prominent figure in the timeline so that he doesn't influence as much anymore mm-hmm. now that Sean is going to be okay. He's done his part. He's, Corey has done his part. He's fading into the background so that this version of Corey and Sean can be the best of friends yeah because the future that he the the world he lived through he never had to worry about sean joining a cult so he didn't know so he's like this is this is a hail mary like Mm -hmm. i have to do what has to be done here or it's it's all for nothing and so he he sacrifices himself he sacrifices himself he fades he fades from the timeline as only barely a glimmer in everyone's memory Mm -hmm. he just becomes a watcher watching with minkus from afar (laughs) over there (laughs) He's just watching with Minkus somewhere in the time stream. There's a reason they never mentioned Minkus. I'm just saying, because he's barely in the time stream. Yeah. Just in so, the collective conscious of everyone in Boy Meets World. He's just not there. So in season two, they did introduce one main character in two parts, Corey Matthews and Jonathan Turner, AKA Corey Matthews. <laughs> you heard it here first, everyone. You heard it here first. And it is truth. You heard it here best. Um, that's where we're going to leave you. I may even title this episode, Jonathan Turner is Corey Matthews. Prove us wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be called In Memoriam of Jonathan Turner. Mm-hmm. That'll be in the description of the episode. Yes. All right. Well, that's all I've got. I do want to say thanks to Dizzy Parker for our theme song. Oh, yeah. Good call. Um, so make sure that you check out his music. Dizzy, link can, in the you, episode. can you write us a cover version of see you again for this one about Jonathan. or perhaps a cover of on the arms of the angels yeah either we'll one. take either even though there's no way you would know that until this episode, until comes, this episode out. comes out i'll take my answer off the air oh goodness we'll put it in after the episode releases it's true it's true we'll put it in in post like super post <laughs> like a month or two later i don't know all right well from all of us here at Boomin's world fever so long world so long world when this boy meets world